Welcome to the Steelers by the Lake podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host all the way from Texas, Cody Tanner. Cody, how are you this fine day after the weekend of the draft Monday evening? That was a little excessive, James, but I am doing fantastic. <laughs> I'm doing lovely, uh, just enjoying enjoying life right now, every step of the way. You know what I'm saying? It's Mother's Day coming up. Not this upcoming weekend, but the following weekend. Make sure you guys tell your mothers you love them. Mom, I love you if you listen. Uh, sorry, I'm not going to be home to see you. Anyways, um, with that being said, we are going to talk about the Steelers by the Lake news before we get into the draft. We're going to talk all things draft. We're going to talk all things undrafted free agents. We're going to go over all this stuff. You are a loser. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about the number one draft pick. <laughs> Cody, you're my number one draft pick. I'm there, your buddy. number one draft pick? <laughs> Man. Okay, number know, two. Nikki's, know, Nikki's number one. That's fair. You want to know who's always <laughs> James's number one draft pick minus his wife? Anyone that gives us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. And, you ain't uh, kidding, buddy. And we got another one here. I'm going to pull it up real quick so I can read it. Um, this one came out of a lovely little lady called Leah. Uh, and her five-star review was written as this. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Uh, if you're a Steelers fan, then this is the podcast for you. An awesome podcast all around. I've never listened to a podcast before, but I love this one. Exclamation point, man. Uh, it says, Cody has such a natural speaking voice that captivates any kind of audience, especially that of Steelers football. Thanks for the ego boost. Uh, thanks for the five-star review. We appreciate it. Uh, if you don't know this person, which you probably don't, that's fine. Uh, she's not a Steelers fan, but she supports the podcast, and that's what matters. Hmm. Thank you, Might Leah. be part of why Cody is enjoying everything in life right now. Stop. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so let's go on to some Steelers by the Lake news past that. Very much so appreciate the support there, Leah. Uh, we are going to tell you all about our downloads from last month. Absolutely. Uh, so we always tell you the top downloaded states. Uh, let's alternate, Cody. I'll tell you the first one, and then you can tell me the second one and go right on down the list, huh? Sounds uh, good Big surprise, number one, Pennsylvania. How Shocker. Uh, bigger Shocker, surprise because yeah. it's a larger state, number two, California. <laughs> James, I think the third bigger, one's even bigger. <laughs> bigger stay yet, the number three one, Texas. <laughs> uh, we take that. Number four on this list, Missouri. Missouri coming in number four last month for downloads. Yeah. We appreciate that, Missouri. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Not a name we normally see up there, so pretty awesome. Uh, and one of the loyal supporters over the years since the very beginning, Georgia. Uh, sitting in at number five there, so yeah. appreciate the continued support over the years. And we're gonna our, uh, we're gonna talk Georgia. There. We're gonna talk Georgia oh, maybe oh, once or twice. Oh. <laughs> what a day for Georgia! What a weekend for Georgia! Georgia and Pennsylvania love each other. Tell you what, very much so, very much so. So yeah, we we obviously went over Steelers by the Lake News, the overall news of the podcast. We are gonna talk now the draft. We're gonna go directly into it. Uh, not waste any of you guys' time. Number one overall pick, James is holding up the sign. Uh, Steelers traded down from 17 to 14 in an awkward trade with the Patriots. Patriots wound up using it to get a cornerback, which was intriguing. But we did only give up the, four, uh, the 17th overall pick, obviously, and pick 120. Yeah. 
I thought for sure if Pittsburgh was going to move up, it was going to require a lot more than just the fourth-round pick to go up three spots. Uh, somehow Omar Khan pulls off a wonderful trade. And in doing so, funny thing about this is the New England Patriots is who Pittsburgh traded with. Uh, they were one pick ahead of the New York Jets, who were one of the teams who were heavily rumored to be looking for an offensive tackle. At this point in the draft, three offensive tackles, uh, if you're going to go ahead and uh, include the Northwestern offensive tackle slash guard, uh, Peter Skaronsky. If you're going to include him, three were gone already, and the uh, fourth of that top-tier group was the only one left. Uh, New England said, hey, yeah, you can come on up here, Pittsburgh. Come on up and take your offensive tackle. Uh, and <laughs> screwed over their neighbors up north there. Uh, but we get a wonderful huge mammoth of a man in Dodrick Jones, uh, left tackle from the University of Georgia. Just huge. He's huge. He's huge. The biggest. He's the biggest <laughs> thing we've seen since the wall. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, 6'5", 311 pounds, 34 and three quarters inch long arms. The man's going to bully people. And this is what, uh, and for those of you, again, that maybe don't follow football enough or know enough about how players perform and their physicality and their physical attributes, Arm, arm length when it comes to an offensive lineman, when it comes to blocking, we've heard James talk about this since the beginning of the podcast three years ago. Arm length is what gives you the ability to keep players away from the quarterback, away, push them outside, push them inside, wherever you need to push them. And strength is the added bonus to that. If you don't have arm length, it's very hard. And we talked, we talked about this last year with Kendrick Green. Um, it's very hard to perform even if you have the strength, quite frankly. It's, it's difficult. It's harder for you. Um, so Broderick Jones coming in, the mammoth, like, like you said, that he is, is going to have an immediate impact. And he's day one starter. Day, don't get yeah. confused. Day one. He's starting. Mm -hmm. Yep. He'll be, I'm sure, forced to earn the job. Oh, yeah. I'm betting that, that day one in the original training camp, Dan Moore starting left tackle. Don't stress about it when you see it. This is just what they do with everybody. Najee Harris was not starting right away. Kenny Pickett was not starting right away. Uh, none of these guys had the job just given to them. Uh, even TJ Watt was sitting in behind uh, some guys at the time. So don't expect it to just be handed to him. Uh, but at the same point in time, don't be surprised if he wins the starting job after the third preseason game and is announced the starter for week one. Uh, just an absolute mauler in the, in the run blocking game. Uh, highly athletic ran a 49740 which is incredible for a guy that big when you see him he's got a lean build to him but very very powerful so uh just a wonderful lump of clay to be molded into a, a top end pass blocker that's really the only weakness in his game right now is the, the refinement and the hand placement uh but he's got incredible power incredible athleticism uh and fantastic frame and length to keep people from getting into his chest easily. So uh, really <laughs> suck for Miles Garrett, man. He, he can't just cherry pick the, the crappiest offensive lineman to go against anymore because there isn't one. Nope. Uh, <laughs> so my guess is he'll still try the rookie, uh, but he has already not gone against Chooksakorafor on the other side for the last two years straight because he doesn't want anything to do with him because he can't ever sack him. He can't yep. get past him for his sack. So he's been, been going exclusively against Dan Moore the last two years to try to get easy sacks. and uh, Hasn't boded too well for him yet. You know what I'm saying? No. No, no. originally, yes. But uh, as things went along, 
uh, Dan got better and better at blocking them. So yep. uh, this, I think, is going to be even more so in favor for Pittsburgh here. Uh, but really, really encouraged to see it. I think when you have that kind of talent available there, uh, I was wondering – the only question I had was why didn't Pittsburgh draft Christian Gonzalez at the time? A lot of people had him as corner number one. Uh, apparently, there was some concern by some people that he might just be one of those dudes that's super athletic and happens to play cornerback. Yep. And maybe not like in a super awesome corner. Hence, they felt the value at left tackle was greater. Yep. Uh, so that's the direction they went. And uh, I think it was an absolute pick. Yeah, phenomenal pick. Uh, however, in the so this was something you know Pittsburgh came up again, thirty second overall. This was a pick that should have been thirty third overall, but with Miami forfeiting their uh, pick, that moved up to thirty second. This was a pick that James and I talked about a lot that Pittsburgh could potentially trade back from. You know, load up on some picks, and it didn't happen. They they got to that first pick of the second round uh, in day two of the NFL draft, and the guy that was still there, shockingly still there. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. So Joey Porter's son, you know, famous villain in Pittsburgh, middle linebacker that just liked to destroy people. His son is now in Pittsburgh. Oh, dude, he destroyed everybody. No, outside linebacker. Outside linebacker. You know what I meant. Did I say middle? Yeah, I do, yes. <laughs> you know what I meant. He said middle, but, but yeah. <laughs> My bad. Uh, linebacker from Pittsburgh, uh, just a beast. Literally one of the only villains yeah. I think we've really, I mean, in, in my era of football we've ever had on the team. Mm-hmm. probably the quote-unquote dirt him and james harrison yeah he didn't back down from anybody that's what what steeler fans loved about him uh, i'll never forget the game versus the cleveland browns where he dang near got into a fist fight with the starting fullback from the browns which a lot of people said the browns fullback kind of baited him on that one because they knew that hey joey's not going to play today if i do this uh so he suckered him into to getting into an altercation and getting kicked out of the game before the game even started, which led to James Harrison's first career start and worked out very well for Pittsburgh. <laughs> very, very well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just super excited about this pick. A cornerback, 6'2". He has the height. He's 6'2 and a half, excuse me, 193 pounds, 34-inch long arms, 4'4", 640. He's fast. He's lengthy. He's agile. He has the ability to make plays. This is easily, again, a day one starter, whether you put him in the slot, um, sooner or later, he will probably be number one, a quarter in my mind. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of times people will say, you know, Hey, um, a guy that's six, two and a half, one ninety three, man, that's kind of skinny on that frame. He put up 17 reps on the bench, which was one of the top performances of all the cornerbacks, uh, in the entire NFL combine. Um, there's another guy that tied him. We're going to talk about him later. Yeah, um, we are. But, <laughs> just incredible when you look at that four, four six is a very good 40 yard dash the one five oh ten yard split shows really good acceleration from a standstill so that shows his ability to get to his top speed uh being very good uh his jumps were good as well 35 inch ver- 10 foot 9 inch on the broad uh so that shows some good short area explosiveness not elite short area explosiveness but very good uh, to me, the length and the strength, along with good speed, shows the potential for something for Patrick Peterson to try to bring along uh, if he can take notes and you, you got a chance of him becoming a, a number one corner for the team. Uh, and not for just a year or two, because I think he's young, too. Yeah. I want to say he's like 21 or 22. So uh, this could be your starting corner, your number one corner for 
you know, nine, 10 years, maybe even more. Uh, just tremendous potential in the, the size and frame that you're looking for. All along, we talked about uh, we need a number one corner that can hang with a guy like Jamal Chase that isn't going to be able to be pushed around by him, can hang with him speed-wise uh, in, in length and physicality and everything. And that's exactly what Joey Porter is. Uh, so I, I couldn't be happier with it. I was stunned that he was still available at 32. And I understood why Pittsburgh didn't trade out. I wanted them to trade out and gain extra picks until I saw Joey Porter was available. And I said, I don't think you can trade out now. Nope. The only way you can trade out is if somebody's willing to give you like a future first round pick or something like and, that. And he is 22. He'll be 23 in July. Yeah. So, so nice and young still. Uh, and the rumor had it that the best offer that Pittsburgh got was uh, somebody offering their own second and a fourth round pick. So completely understand why they didn't do it. That's not worth it. No. No, I think I think that the the way it worked out for us, unfortunately, the teams that needed a quarterback were in a position to draft a quarterback in the second round, so that no one yeah. needed to jump up. Uh, that was just unfortunate well, how that played out for Pittsburgh. Yeah, and somebody jumped up right behind Pittsburgh. Uh, but again, if all they were willing to offer was a fourth round pick to move up there, yeah, I wouldn't have taken it either, because you don't want to take a chance that Joey Porter's not going to be there five or six picks later or ten picks later, because chances are good he wouldn't have been. Yeah. So, yeah. So then we dropped to the third round, uh, and James, we went with a name that another name we're pretty familiar with here. Yeah, and these names are familiar because at this point, uh, all three of the first names, the two first names, and then this third one as well. Uh, we've mocked all these guys to the Steelers. We did six total mock drafts, uh, four of them combined where we did it jointly. One was just me individually. One was just Cody individually. Uh, and all three of these guys we nailed uh, along with the next guy we talked about a ton but never actually mocked him. Uh, but Keanu Benton, uh, defensive tackle out of Wisconsin, we did, talked about him a lot. Uh, and in fact, in multiple of our mock drafts, actually mocked him at 49. Uh, so we did nail the round and the pick uh, multiple times through our pre-draft process. Uh, a six foot three and six eight, oh, so almost practically six four, 309 pounds, 33 and seven eighths inch long arms. So awesome length on the guy. Uh, 508, 40, 20, 25 reps on the uh, on the bench. Uh, so uh, a good, strong, physical dude. He's got some wiggle to him, some ability to get after the quarterback. Uh, very stout, uh, and just exactly what you're looking for in the height, weight, speed kind of category. Yep. Uh, height, weight, strength, at least in length. That that's the real important thing. Would you like a hair quicker? Yeah, but he's going to be your starting nose tackle, and then he's going to actually be able to be on that second wave. That's been the big thing is you're getting sack production out of Cam Hayward. We were getting it previously out of Stephon Tewitt. Sometimes some of the other guys. Last year, we didn't get Jack Squat no. uh, out of our other defensive linemen other than Cam Hayward. Uh, so he'll be on that second unit then. Uh, that way when Cam gets tired and Larry Ogunjobi gets tired, one of the two of them, or if they both come out at the same time, he comes in, and it might even be him and DeMarvin Leal. And now you're talking about two guys on that second unit that can get after the quarterback. Yep. Uh, so you're not going to be, oh, well, these are just two bodies and hopefully they can stop the run. You know, it's actually going to be legitimate pass rushers on that interior on the nickel. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I think that front three now, that front three on the defensive line is a really stout unit now. 
Yeah, and excuse me, that was another second-round pick, not a third-round. Our third round came after that. But at this point, James and I were three for three on these picks. Just saying, not not a draft. No draft that we have these specifically because Joey Porter was always gone by 32. Um, but we yeah. had mock drafting all three of these guys so far. The only guy I don't think we didn't up to this point is going to be the next guy. Third-round pick, 93rd overall, Darnell Washington. Yeah. Tight end, 6'7", 264, 34 and three-quarters-inch long arms again. Uh, ran a 4'6", 440, very fast, very long arms. And again, here's the thing that we're going to talk about. I know, keep reaching for me, my guy. Um, <laughs> it's incredible. It's wild on these guys. But here's and here's the thing we're going to talk about. Darnell Washington should not have been available here. The only reason he was available was because no. of a potential knee injury that he was having. Pittsburgh said yeah. the value's there. We might as well. And if you go back and watch Georgia in their highlights, again, another this is another guy from Georgia. Our first overall mm-hmm. pick uh, from Broderick Jones and then Darnell Washington, both guys from Georgia. These guys were on the same side for most of their power runs. Darnell Washington. Oh, devastating. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they just blew people up, man. It was wild. So, again, I mean, yeah. the, the chemistry that these two are already going to have when it comes to blocking assignments and stuff like that is going to be phenomenal. So I'm very, very excited to see that. And then Darnell Washington is also a capable receiver. And he's already going to yes. have to not come in with the pressure of being a number one tight end because you know Pat Fryer was taking the load. So, yeah. Yeah, and this is this is the guy at the NFL Combine who, during tight end pass catching drills, went to the quarterback that was about to throw it to him and said, "Throw it high as high as you can on that sideline. I need a high one to show what I can do." So he did. And if you look at our Twitter account, you'll find it because I retweeted it because uh, somebody showed it over the weekend. He went up one-handed and now you're talking about a six foot seven dude with a 34 and a half 34 and three quarter inch wingspan on the one arm went way over his head one-handed thing on the sideline just ridiculous catching again this is the nfl combine it's not versus a defender or anything but he has that capability he has very good hands um, he's really good at making people miss breaking tackles and getting extra yards after the catch, uh, which is something he has in common with Pat Fryermuth. I've been saying for years, Cody, for years, why won't Pittsburgh draft another tight end high? We need two guys that are high investment so that when you go to two tight end sets, it's not your starting tight end and then the other guy. Yep. And that's what it's been for years, whether it was Zach Gentry or whether it was Jesse James or other guys in between that just happened to be the number two tight end. And it's we finally have a really good tight end. And now your two tight end sets are dangerous instead of, well, you don't really have to worry about that guy over there. He's just a boy. Yeah. And, and at this point, our third tight end's dangerous with Zach Gentry. Our fourth tight end's dangerous is Connor Hayward. Like, yeah. It's crazy. And it's not like they didn't think this could potentially work. We saw what happened in New England when Tom Brady had, you know, Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Um, this is it was crazy. It was an this, unstoppable offense. If you want my opinion, everybody. if you want my opinion, this is going to rival that production if used correctly. It can. It very easily can. I just don't know how mm-hmm. much Matt Canada's offense is going to orchestrate going to the tight ends uh consistently down the middle of the field i think he wants to use a lot of trickery with tight end screens and this and that don't get me wrong they work but i don't know how much production this has the potential of doing with under the matt canada offense specifically yeah and i don't think these are the guys to use tight end screens with i don't think so they're they're not the quick dudes they've got decent speed uh but they're not the quick uh, sit there and juke a whole bunch of guys they're not 240 pound tight ends that 
that are there to make people miss. Yeah. Uh, these guys hit them on the run, man. Hit them, hit them on the move, and they'll get you all kinds of yards after contact. Uh, so I absolutely love the pick. Uh, the rumor was that there was some swelling on one of Darnell's knees. Um, if you know a little bit about knee, an amount about since I've had a bum knee since, uh, I don't know, 24 years ago. Uh, one of the main things that causes knee swelling is typically a meniscus injury. Yep. Uh, meniscus injuries are the easiest ones to fix with a surgical procedure. And you only miss like four to six weeks, nine times out of 10. Uh, so we'll see if this flares up on him during rookie mini camps or any of that, uh, they'll just do a procedure, clean it up, and then he should be good to go. Yep. Uh, so I don't think this is anything to be truly concerned about. If it was something that was like a degenerative knee, they wouldn't have drafted him in the third round. They would have waited until like the seventh and everybody would have like not touched him if they thought it was a degenerative condition. Yeah. Um, but the fact that Pittsburgh took him in the third round means to me, they're either not that concerned about it or they're pretty sure they can fix it. If it, if it becomes something more serious. Yep. Yeah. James, you want to talk about who we got in the fourth? Yeah, man. Uh, this is a fun one. Another guy that. Uh, this is uh, another, guy, another guy. What, James? Another guy. What? That we have mocked and talked about a lot. Absolutely. Uh, on this podcast. Uh, not just because of his name, not just his brother, but because of his fit also. Uh, a Wisconsin outside linebacker, six foot two, two hundred and forty pounds, by the name of Nick Herbig, uh, little brother to new offensive guard nasty Nate Herbig, uh, who is just over the moon excited to have his little brother playing with him. And if you think about it, I think this means there's a five year gap between the two. They probably never once played college ball they, they or ne- high school they ball have. on they the same have. team. Exactly, never once. Yeah. So this is the first time most likely that these two have ever played on the same team together. I can't imagine how awesome of a feeling this is uh, for them. And it's a, a great feeling for us as Steelers fans, adding yet another brother combination. So we have Cam and Connor uh, still on the team. Uh, and then we have this as well with Nick Herbig and Nate Herbig. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, absolutely. Yeah, just, yeah, awesome, awesome. So, uh, Nick Herbig again, and you have his stats pulled up here, 11 sacks, 15 tackles for loss last year. Uh, phenomenal guy, 25 reps on the bench is huge. Uh, and, and the, again, it's great. He, he has short, a little bit shorter arms, but it's not as nowhere near as big of a deal on defense as it is on the offensive line. Um, and especially with an outside line, it, I, I don't think it's quite as big. I think a lot of it's more speed, strength, and the ability, like if you get up there and push, your ability to push if you're bull rushing or your ability to swim, move, whatever you're doing, I think matters a little bit more than arm length. He has shorter arms, will, but we'll see. What I will happens. tell you that the number one concern that anybody has about everything else is great on him. Yeah. Uh, great measurables. Uh, even the height, weight, speed, uh, the, the production, you look at his tape. Uh, he did a tremendous job. Uh, what one analyst did is went back to the Ohio State game because what do we know about the Ohio State team last year? They had Paris Johnson at left tackle, Dewan Jones on the right, both of them 35-plus inch long arms. Uh, Nick Herbig completely disappeared in the game. He had like two tackles, and they were just against the run. Well, uh, we so, had some help. 
Yeah, and you won't have to start. Uh, so the thing is, if it's if this doesn't work for him as an outside linebacker, which he has tremendous production, uh, we have no reason to believe that he will have some success in the NFL at outside linebacker. If it doesn't, he has all the traits to go ahead and succeed at middle linebacker. Uh, they're going to give him a chance to try out at outside linebacker first, which makes sense because we don't have very good depth at outside linebacker. <laughs> Day one, he's probably the best backup outside linebacker on the squad. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so then we went, we jumped from the fourth round, pick 132, to the seventh round uh, at pick 241. Corey Trice Jr., uh, another cornerback, 6'3, 206 pounds, 32 and 3 eighths inch long arms. Uh, good arm length, good size, good weight, 44740. Uh, good speed for a guy that tall, that large. 17 reps on the bench. We got good strength. Uh, 35.5 inch vert and 11 inch broad, which is phenomenal on the broad jump, especially. Um, 11 foot, foot on the broad. Oh, I said 11, whatever. You know what I meant. <laughs> crazy, crazy um, ability to go up and get, get the ball, go, you know, I think he's going to be a potential impact player just as much as Joey Porter Jr. Um, again, the difference here might be the level of training or, or the, uh, the physicality. I'm not sure what the difference is. You know, when you talk about somebody who goes very almost, you know, we talked about the stats, how they're very similar, Joey Porter Jr. to Corey Trice Jr. What's the difference there? And I think maybe that's technique. Maybe that's, you know, ability to football IQ, ability to read the play. Um, Medical. Oh, it'll be that too. Big, That'll big, do it. Big medical concern here because most people were saying third or down here with Corey Trice. Uh, and what ended up happening is they found a history of a broken ankle on the one side. 2021, he had an ACL. Uh, and then in most of 2022, was playing with a brace on. So never really was 100% from that ACL in 2021 uh now with that being said you see all these numbers that cody just told you about is his speed his jumps uh, his bench press all this stuff he did that with this surgically repaired knee without any kind of um brace on it or anything like that so he's giving you exactly uh what he is in it if this isn't 100 percent, that's even better honestly because when he gets to 100%, imagine how much faster he actually will be. Uh, but the tape says this is an extremely physical corner, a guy that has no problem coming up and helping against the run. Uh, multiple times I saw him blow up screen passes where the receiver never even got a chance to turn around. Uh, has some experience at safety also. When he was playing safety, he was at about 215 pounds. Dropped down to 206 as he started playing corner, uh, and he likes that weight. Uh, so this is somebody that has the potential if for some reason that they think that he's just too stiff, doesn't have the change of direction capability needed for the NFL. Tell him to put those 10 pounds back on and now you got a strong safety. And that's exactly something that this team needs right now. Uh, so I like the possibility of that versatility with him. The experience of playing safety, that size and range is extremely coveted in the NFL and physically so doggone similar to what it is with Joey Porter Jr. 20 pounds heavier, but just as fast, and the jumps are almost identical, and the bench is identical on it. Yeah, we, Joey's got better length. Yeah, when you realize we lost Cam Sutton in free agency, but we still have Levi Wallace, Akilla Witherspoon, signed Patrick Peterson, and then just drafted Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trice Jr., my confidence in this secondary minus strong safety position right now is about as high as it could possibly be going into this year. 
Now, I'm not saying I expect amazing things out of them, but from where we were with losing Cam Sutton to then signing Patrick Peterson and now this, I am very, very excited to see what this cornerback room can do uh, and looking forward to it. When what Now, 10 picks later, when 251 rolled around, James and I were chat- chatting and texting throughout this draft and, you know, talking about the guys and this and that. And we were talking about, you know, is there safety available, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, I almost want a defensive position, which in my mind would have been uh, middle linebacker or uh, safety, or you got to get an interior offensive line guy. And interior offensive line is basically kind of what they went for. They went for Spencer Anderson, an offensive lineman, six five and a quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or just six five flat, it looks like. Yeah, just six five, yeah, three oh nine. Yep. Uh with thirty-two and three eighths inch long arms, so a little short on the length, which is probably why they announced him as a guard. Thirty-two and one eighths, I'm sorry. Um twenty-nine reps on a bench, though. That's tremendous. That's that's awesome. very strong. Uh so that is what you're looking for in in strength and in, in thickness. Uh, for your interior offensive line. This guy played all five positions in college. So he's played left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard, center, a little bit of everything, uh, which you know how much Pittsburgh loves their backup offensive linemen to be uh, versatile and be able to play multiple positions. Uh, Especially right now, there's a real lack of depth at the offensive tackle position. Uh, You figure Dan Moore is probably going to be your number one backup and then LaRaven Clark after that and LaRaven Clark doesn't have a very good resume in the NFL at this point in time, uh, just as a size length guy, really more than anything. Uh, so uh, it's a good pickup. You know, you don't expect anything too crazy from a person like this, uh, but great experience on all the positions. Uh, this all but virtually kicks Kendrick Green out of Pittsburgh. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like a really early cut and doesn't even get brought to camp. Uh, also won't be surprised if Akello Witherspoon is an early casualty as well because uh, he's due to make $4 million and they've added enough bodies in that room that I really don't see the point now. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to start him. You're not even going to use him in nickel. Might not. I I don't see the point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, very interesting to see what we're going to do. Um with all the positions, quite frankly, I'm just interested to see how Pittsburgh handles. Um, you know, we we were talking about all the new guys and the transitions. Uh, is Nick Herbig going to be a transitional guy and mostly be coming in for Alex Highsmith? Or is he going to come in with Alex Highsmith and give TJ Watt a break? Uh, I'm curious how they're going to have that be. If they want to see what he can produce with someone like TJ Watt on the other side, or if they just want to be able to give TJ Watt a break. I'm very curious to see how they handle that um, when, we, when we talk about how they're going to handle the different players they have on the team now. So, Yeah, and he's got experience on both sides from Wisconsin. So I think uh, he's got the versatility, and you kind of just play it by ear. Whichever guy needs a break first is the one that he goes in for, and uh, then he comes right back out and subs for the other guy whenever necessary. So uh, I like that he is position flexible, and then – we get the opportunity to see Quincy Roche again since he never really got a chance to stick around yep. uh, after his uh, initial preseason. So uh, it'll be nice to have him back in the room. One of the things that you'll notice Pittsburgh did not address through free agency or through this draft yet was the slot cornerback position. Yes, sir. Um, 
in that giant lull between the fourth <laughs> and the seventh round, which I watched every single one of those picks, Cody, by the way. I was just, oh, I was I like, after the did. Isaiah Loudermilk, man, like, I, I can't miss it again. The Isaiah Loudermilk year, I had to go pick up a car that was getting inspected. Cody actually helped me go pick it up. Uh, and that's when he still lived in Erie, the good old days. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, while we were out, he's like, dude, they traded up and drafted somebody. I was like, no, what the hell? Uh, I was so mad that I missed it. Uh, so I wasn't taking any chances this year, man. Uh, but neither was Pittsburgh on missing out completely on the slot corner position. They went and picked up free agent Shandon Sullivan. Uh, who's got some experience in the NFL, been on a couple of teams already, the Vikings being one of them. Uh, so he's got some experience a little longer corner than what we had with Arthur. Uh, not a high-end slot corner by any means. Uh, he'll compete with Arthur Mollett for the job. Best man will take the job. I'm kind of hoping that Train Norwood makes both of them expendable because I feel like Train Norwood's best position thus far in the NFL has been as a nickel corner in coverage. Not necessarily against the run-in coverage, but in in coverage, uh, he has been good in the nickel position. Uh, so I wouldn't necessarily want him on the outside. I don't think he has that skill set. Uh, but in the nickel inside, seemed like Trey played some pretty good football for us in the past there. Uh, yeah. So that would be my hope. But uh, I think Chandon Sullivan at least has the ability to probably be a little bit better in coverage. Uh, than what we got out of Arthur Mollett last year, which was not get great coverage ability at all. Yeah. Uh, so now we're going to talk about the undrafted free agents. This was a list that came out uh, just today or yesterday, I believe. Seven guys were, were signed as an undrafted free agents. Uh, the first one on this list is a wide receiver return specialist, Jordan Bird. Uh, he's 5'9", 170. Now, he didn't do a whole lot as a wide receiver in college. He only had 49 catches. Um, I believe no touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that. Uh, but he didn't have four. Seems like touchdowns. he was. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. He didn't have four career uh, touchdowns returning, which is great. Yeah. And he ran the yeah, ball so hundred times, so that's fun. Definitely, his specialty was used more as a running back in college. Uh, but that size running back in the NFL doesn't work, which is probably why they're listing him as a wide receiver, because uh, probably his only chance of making it in the NFL. A lot of little wide receivers this year, by the way. Very, a lot of them were yeah. like 5'9", 5'10", 170 pounds, 175. Yep. Like just little wide receiver class. I see why Pittsburgh didn't dip into it. Uh, after him, our next guy was center Trevor Downing out of Iowa State. Uh, if you remember the pre-draft process, Pittsburgh actually sent a house to Iowa State. Uh, and a lot of people were wondering why. Well, it was right after the Iowa State, so probably had a lot to do with it. Uh, but somebody must have liked what they saw in Trevor Downing. Uh, six foot three, 296 pounds. It's a, a pretty ideal size for a center. So uh, we'll see if he makes any splash. At not, um, there's not a really deep room at center right now. So he'll have a chance. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely will. Um, and I, I thought it was funny. We talked about this a little bit before the show. Um, Iowa State, a, a tweet came out about him, actually. Iowa State center Trevor Downing was not selected in the 2023 NFL draft. He and his agent were talking to the Steelers, Jaguars, and Colts about free agent offers. Depending on the offer, he may move forward on one of those or begin his farming career at home up in the air. Uh, fantastic tweet from Larry Peterson at Larry Peterson. Uh, if you ever want to look him up, don't know who he is for sure, but anyways, a reporter of some sort. And I just thought that was funny that if he, he, he was debating on 
the amount of money he'd get paid to play football, the amount of money he could play farming back home. So fun little snippet <laughs> for you there. We love the farmers that. make good money, man. They do make good money, There's especially chance. if you have the right plot of land and, and whatever mm-hmm. else. There's a lot of money uh, in the farming. But yeah. it's also been weird the past few years. We're not going to get into that. Um, yeah, he could definitely make more money farming than being a squad. If now, if you make the roster, that's a whole other story. But uh, yeah, very true. Very practice true. squad's only like 150 grand a year. I feel like. I would play on the practice squad for 150 grand a year. Yeah, I would probably do a guy. lot worse things for 150 grand a year. Let's be real; that'd be fun to be on the practice don't, squad. Don't though. say that too loud. Okay, I'm not talking about like you're gonna, murdering. You're a new listener might not want to hear that. Yeah, she's she's good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, and then up next, we drafted air. We signed an undrafted free agent by the name of Tanner Morgan, quarterback out of Minnesota. Uh, now Morgan was actually a big name earlier in his career. He threw like 30 touchdown passes. I believe his, his freshman year or sophomore year, 2019 or something. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, just didn't play as well later in his career. I don't know. It could have been a coaching change. It could have been the play of the receivers. It could have just been him quite frankly, honestly, uh, but only nine touchdowns to I think five interceptions this past year. Not very great. But again, you're bringing in a young quarterback into a room uh, just to have an extra man in, in training camp, basically. Yeah, like, and an he's lost arm. some talent in the NFL a few, few over the last few seasons. That monstrous right tackle that we were talking about last year's draft process that ended up with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, this year, John Michael Schmitz. Uh, he was from Minnesota. So there's been a few guys coming out of Minnesota. Uh, and this is the quarterback that was leading that offense. Uh, he had some really good moments. Uh, so there is potential there. At least there's no pressure. That's the nice thing here. That's what I like about this. This is a guy that does have a decent resume. And there's no pressure for him. All he has to do is come in and be the number three quarterback. He doesn't even need to worry about trying to become the number two quarterback. That's not a thing. That's already wrapped up. Uh, all he has to do is beat any of the tryout guys that come in because uh, there will be a tryout quarterback, at least one. You never know. They might bring in a second one. Uh, they usually bring four quarterbacks to camp. He's the third one on yep. the roster right now. So he's got a leg up at this point in time. Uh, but I think look for him to actually have a decent chance of making the roster, even though he didn't get drafted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, very good chance, especially with, Pittsburgh moving on from certain players we're not going to even discuss about. Um, there's a good chance he makes the potential roster or at least the practice squad. Uh, let's talk about this defensive end, James. Yeah, because yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm making you do it. With I'm, the making, I'm making you do it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. From one James to another, this one to Merrimack University. He's a defensive end, six foot five, 305 pounds. I know you're going to make me do it. So the last name appears to be Nyamwaya, maybe? Uh, that's my best guess at it. Uh, sorry, James, if I mispronounce your name, I'm sure you're listening. Uh, but, uh, a nice big, big frame to him. Uh, the prototypical size of what you're looking for in a three, four defensive end in Pittsburgh scheme. So, uh, we'll see. He'll have the opportunity of playing some fourth quarters, I'm sure. Uh, and, uh, looking forward to seeing another fresh new face, uh, with a, a nice, good size frame to him. So, um, always welcome to have another big body there defensive line. Yeah, absolutely. Now we also signed a defensive back, or correct, or an edge? Excuse me. Uh, edge player, edge player. He was uh, listed as a but played more outside linebacker or defensive end. Call it. Uh, 
that would have been David Perales from Fresno State. Uh, he is six foot three, two hundred fifty-five pounds, according to Pittsburgh's website uh, at the East West Shrine. He weighed in at two forty-eight, uh, so probably trying to get nice and lean for that. Um, Thirty-two and one eighth on the length, which isn't great. Four nine six on the forty, which is also not that great. Uh, so you know he'll help with the the depth of the lines there to make sure people aren't getting too overly tired. But uh, unfortunately, it looks like the athletic structure of the man is not what typically makes an NFL roster. Uh, so hope for the best for him, uh, but I don't think he's got a real great chance of making this roster. Um, next guy I know you know all about this fullback here from Iowa, Cody. Oh, absolutely. This fullback uh, is a tank to say the least. A uh, man by the name of Monte Potabom. Yeah, man. Well, show sure, me about the bomb. Iowa. He's from Iowa. Just saying, not Iowa State. Not to be confused. Six one two forty four. This man is a real fullback, James. Uh, oh yeah. He's a beast. He's a tank. He's he's rocking the mullet. Uh, I've seen Ooh. a bunch of people on those Steelers Facebook groups that we're part of that are saying if this guy makes the team, he's going to be a Steeler legend because he just looks the part. Uh, quite frankly, he looks like an animal. He looks like he'll eat your freaking face off. And uh, I don't know. I'm excited to see him play in the preseason because you know we're going to see him get some blocking in. I feel like this is a guy I've seen a little bit of because I know I watched some Iowa football this year. Again, I've talked about him multiple times. I watched some Iowa this last year to watch Jack Campbell. Uh, and watching Jack Campbell, I saw a corner that I thought was absolutely amazing on the team. Mm-hmm. Only a sophomore. We'll talk more about him next year. Uh, but then you see this fullback jump out on the tape. And it's not a tight end playing fullback. It's a real, honest-to-goodness, thick boy blocking fullback. And i got to be honest with you, Cody. There's only one undrafted guy on this entire list that I think should make somebody nervous who was on the roster last year. And this is the guy right here uh, because there is no fullback on the roster. Uh, the coaching staff already mentioned moving Connor Hayward to fullback, uh, yep. but he's a little undersized. This is somebody that's a lot thicker than him. And when you're looking at just blocking capabilities and somebody that can move a middle linebacker or a defensive lineman when they hit him. Potaboom's got a good chance of doing that as to where Connor's got to prove himself in that area still. 100%. So I think that Connor Hayward, if he wasn't nervous before, should be right now because they just put a new body in the tight end room that virtually guarantees that he won't be any better than number three, but could be number four in that room. And then bring in a, an undrafted fullback who is definitely a bigger and thicker dude than him, which specializes in blocking, which was not something he had a lot of experience doing in college. Nope. He got some real competition. So I hope Connor's been going to the gym, man, because I really like Connor. He's got tremendous hands, a very athletic dude for for what he is, you know, that that kind of fullback, kind of tight end, call him an H-back, whatever you want to call him. He's a multi-purpose offensive weapon. Uh, and I think has the potential to be kept on as like an extra running back this upcoming season. Yeah. Oh, 100%, if I was doing it, hundred percent. Yeah. If I was only keeping three running backs, I'd keep him as the third running back this year over Anthony McFarland or any of those guys. Um, except maybe that running back from Ohio State. He's back on the roster, so 
Uh, he was looking real good in the preseason last year before getting injured. Yeah, I don't remember his name. But, J- I mean, Jalen yeah. Warren and Najee Harris are locks, period. End of They're locks. They're making the team guaranteed. And we're going to get into this a little bit more episodes, too. Uh, but I just felt like he showed something last year in the preseason. Uh, so he's somebody that would probably give a little bit of competition. I'm, I'm yeah. pulling his name right now. No, that's fine. Um, Pull his name up while I talk about this last guy on the list here. Kicker BT Potter from Clemson. Guy 5'10", 200 pounds. Uh, to put it in perspective, Chris Boswell is 6'1", I believe, 200 or 190 pounds. So this guy is smaller, bigger. Could have a tank for a leg. Uh, very curious to see what happens there. But that's going to finish up those undrafted free agents that Pittsburgh signed. Again, this is bringing in somebody just to rival him at camp. But this is not someone we expect to beat out Boswell. Boz for president, we know that. Uh, but, yeah. but BT is being brought in to add a little bit of competitions, for sure. Master Teague is Master the name Teague. I was looking for. Yep. Yeah, Master was having a good preseason last year. Uh, and then had an injury, missed the rest of it, ended up on the injured reserve there afterwards. Uh, so I would look for Master Teague to push Anthony McFarland, uh, and he would be direct to competition for Connor Hayward there as well. Uh, but yeah, one note on BT Potter real quick. Only missed one extra point his entire college career. Very impressive. Very impressive. And he played majority of the time since that uh, since that rule change, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it was at least like three seasons as the starting kicker for Clemson. Yeah. So, so that's phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal work for him again. So these are, these are the guys, these are the future of the team right now. Um, we'll see what happens moving forward, but we are very excited. We're, we're very proud of how Pittsburgh, like we're, I think we're satisfied with how they did it. Pull up the sign, just pull the sign up. Just Dude. Omar Khan is my number, number one, one draft. Pick, very buddy, nice. Very nice. He's incredible. What, what a weekend for Omar Khan. Let's be honest. Uh, his first showing as the general manager uh, for the NFL draft, and he just knocked it out of the park, man. Absolutely. A tremendous job. One of five teams that rated an A-plus draft grade at the end of the draft. Uh, we appreciate that, even though it'll be like an A-plus-plus in a few years once you see these guys demolish on the football field. Uh, so we are excited. James, you have anything to add? No, no, just uh, real grateful for all the, uh, the likes over the weekend. We were real active on social media. A lot of you supported with liking posts and commenting. Uh, please continue to do that. We'll make sure to give you shout outs on the show. And just like Cody said, those five star reviews, that's an automatic shout out, especially automatic. if you're from West Virginia. Especially, especially <laughs> if you're from West Virginia, those good old mountaineers. Uh <laughs> And again, we can't thank you guys enough for listening. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. It's free. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace.